three leagues farther and David was weary. He rested and slept a while on a bed of pine boughs at the roadside, then up and on again along the unknown way. Thus for five days he travelled the great road, sleeping upon nature's balsamic beds or in peasants' ricks, eating of their black hospitable bread, drinking from streams or the willing cup of the goat herd. At length he crossed a great bridge and set his foot within the smiling city that had crushed or crowned more poets than all the rest in the world. His breath came quickly as Paris sang to him, in a little undertone, her vital chant of greeting, the hum of voice and foot and wheel. High up under the eaves of an old house in the Rue Conti, David paid for lodging and set himself in a wooden chair to his poems. The street, once sheltering citizens of import and consequence, was now given over to those who ever follow in the wake of decline. The houses were tall and still possessed of a ruined dignity, but many of them were empty save for dust and the spider. By night there was the clash of steel and the cries of brawlers straying restlessly from inn to inn, where once gentility abode was now but a rancid and rude incontinence. But here David found a housing commensurate to his scant purse. Daylight and candlelight found him at pen and paper. One afternoon, he was returning from a foraging trip to the lower world, with bread and curds and a bottle of thin wine. Halfway up his dark stairway, he met, or rather came upon, for she rested on the stair, a young woman of a beauty that should balk even the justice of a poet's imagination. A loose dark cloak, flung open, should a rich gown beneath. Her eyes changed swiftly with every little shade of thought. Within one moment they would be round and artless like a child's and long and cozening like a gypsy's. One hand raised her gown, undraping a little shoe, high-heeled, with its ribbons dangling untied. So heavenly she was, so unfitted to stoop, so qualified to charm and command. Perhaps she had seen David coming and had waited for his help there. Oh, would Monsieur pardon that she had occupied the stairway? But the shoe, the naughty shoe, alas, it would not remain tight. Oh, if Monsieur would be so gracious. The poet's fingers trembled as he tied the contrary ribbons. Then he would have fled from the danger of her presence. But the eyes grew long and cousining like a gypsy's and held him.